Welcome to the Tax Break Breakdown with your hosts, Greg and Doug. Sit back and relax while they review current and upcoming child care tax credit programs employers can take advantage of. Now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tax Break Breakdown with Greg and Doug. This is episode six, titled Missouri, Minnesota, and New Mexico Child Care Tax Credits for Employers. You, you may notice something. Nope. I have a new microphone. Doug always do. has this, the same one as last time. Yes, this, this is the new microphone. I, th- I think I may actually have a new one now. I don't know if we've, if we've had this because this is new. Oh, is this the one from the on-site a couple weeks ago? Yeah, this is the one from Okay, so, so all you listeners are getting, we've leveled up our a game. Special, special day, yes. We've <laughs> leveled up our game. So it's been a while since our last uh, episode. Doug and I um, have been traveling for work, and uh, there are some interesting things that have happened over the last, I think we probably haven't done this for about six weeks or so. Uh, uh, it might be. We've, we've definitely been head down trying to bring more child care, more affordable child care to more employers. That's our day-to-day. Um, oh. I don't know if you know, but I got an email from one of our listeners. You did? did? Yeah, did you, I, didn't, I didn't tell you that, huh? I guess not. They had asked about um, additional child care credits in other states beyond Indiana. <laughs> well, I guess we should cover some of those then. I think we, can, I think we should. Um, and so today, our count actually for subscribers, we're at 542 on our newsletter. Our moms are working overtime. I was come waste. It's a lot of email addresses to make, man. <laughs> I think they're a joke every time. I know. Now you gotta anymore. do it every time. No, it definitely is. Lean into the bet. Um, so five hundred forty-two subscribers, and I think when we looked at our, um, we looked at our. Let's see, all time, hundred and fourteen downloads. Okay. That's great. You know, I think this Hi. is this is definitely a niche topic. But um to remind everybody, we got into this because there is money out there. And some states are just making it really, really hard to get to. Some states like Indiana made it really, really easy to get to. We're still following that one. Uh that was yeah. the one that I think it was twenty five million, seven up to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I remember in December and January, a couple organizations from indiana reached out to the company yeah. and i was like you y'all just missed it and they were like dang um <laughs> so a lot of these they just they go under the radar they don't have really great publicity uh until now tell the tax break breakdown so we are going to cover um missouri there's two parts to bill sb 742 this one has it ha- passed the House. It has not passed the Senate yet. So what we're going to say today is what we know as of today. This could definitely change. But we, yep. we want to talk about this because to get it on your radar, because like the Indiana one, it pops up, it gives you a short time to get the funds, and then they close it. So yep. if you operate in Missouri, here are two that are going to be interesting to watch out. Both of them do say that for they would be effective starting January 1st. 2025. So we're in March. 
let's say this takes several more months to pass, you may have a small window. For it seems this to be how these things go, right? They get tied up in like, uh, you know, getting it over and then they, they quickly come up with criteria for the application and there's a window of like two weeks. Yeah. So um, let's be so. aware, Google, Google alert this one. If you know about Google alerts, SB 742 from Missouri, the next one we'll go through is Minnesota. There was a $6 million grant that was um, available. And then New Mexico is interesting. This one has existed from what I can tell since 2020, and it's a corporate child care tax credit. So uh, as a reminder, there is a federal tax credit for all taxpaying organizations. It's called Form 8882, and you can get up to $150,000 back as a tax credit per year if you help employees find child care or if you pay for child care. This layers on top of that because it's the state. And it's a child care tax credit. So with that said, cue some music because we are going to go into our first one, SB 742 from Missouri. And my good friend Doug is going to start out with the first one. Yeah. So the first layer of this is uh, called the Child Care Contribution Tax Credit Act, uh, effective January 125, as my my co-host here, Greg, said. Um, and the, the, the credit amount is, is a 75% reimbursement for contributions to child care providers or intermediaries, yeah. uh, which when I first read, I was like, that's great. What does that mean? Yes. Um, and so we spent some time digging into this and into the full bill text to, to kind of come down to it. And essentially what, what this is, is, uh, one of two things, if we're going to oversimplify it, is either donating cash uh, or cash equivalent to a provider, could be a real estate or anything else, um, or more likely paying for child care expenditures for employees directly to a provider. So this is the cost of care. Um, uh, kind of a weird way to get it. Normally we see this split different ways, but that, that's where we've been able to get to it. Um and uh, the funds must directly support child care for children 12 and under, um, uh, and excluding anybody. With, so you can't have a direct financial interest in the provider uh, to do this. Um, the fund in increment is capped at 20 million annually, uh, possible 15% overflow, um, reserved for providers in child care deserts, assuming that the cap is reached. So really cool that we're still in the child care desert, um, you know, terminology spread be understood, make its way into, into the bills here, um, and that they're actually allocating some additional funds, right? Should the program be wildly successful, you know, and funds get utilized to make sure that they're addressing those areas. So that is a great thing. Um, I, um, are non-refund- Go ahead. I, I, I busted out my abacus in case we wanted to know the, um, 20 million at 15% would be the next year would be 23 million. So three million, basically three million in addition, and then it compounds every year. Yeah, and I think uh, yep. I'm I have seen this too. Obviously, this is like a tack that they have so that they can automatically get renewals, and they don't always have to go back for more funds. So that's a good thing. That uh, with a possible increase, I don't think we have the exact. I think we got to wait for to figure out what triggers like the reserve yeah. to come in. But it's still good that. This the this year would be twenty million. Next year could be twenty three million. The next year could be whatever twenty seven yeah. million. 
And the it's not so Indiana was a one time thing, right? The funds that were there, this if if it passes uh, without changing, it doesn't actually get sunset until twenty thirty, the end of twenty thirty. So this is something yep. that could run right for for upwards of five years. Now the only thing I'm seeing here that's kind of a not necessarily a gotcha, but an area of concern when we look at utilization, we talk about hey, sometimes it's it's kind of hard to access these funds and use them is there is a verification requirement. And so it's looking for providers or intermediaries, right? Whoever receives the contribution or payment are going to have to submit verification with the Department of Economic Development within 60 days of receiving contribution. Now, depending on size, frequency, I don't know how onerous it is. We have to, like, again, right, gets tied up, it gets approved. They have to figure out how to implement it. But getting this out, especially to smaller independent childcare providers, and having like a, a good workflow on that is is the one thing I see here that could be a little difficult or potentially yeah. confusing uh, as it goes. Uh, I mean, obviously, want to protect against fraud, um, and, you know, other things. But at the same time, depending, something like that could be a serious hindrance to, to the program really taking off and making the impact that that I think is desired. Yeah, I mean, in, unless you're a large corporation with a team to do this and you work with a large childcare corporation that already has all of this figured out. But when you talk about the licensed home daycare, it would be hard unless you have a, a program that kind of does this for you. Yeah, you gotta be really savvy. And again, right. The turnaround time, 60 days isn't a lot, uh, especially, you know, whether it's home licensed home daycare, um, even a small independent facility, right? You're running your day-to-day business. Like the may not right? connecting the employer, the provider uh, on that side. I, I could see it being difficult without, without kind of intermediary, uh, like we're talking about, yep. but also still in negotiation. So something we'll keep a pulse on, uh, as it moves forward, this is one we're, we're definitely tracking very closely because it, it really like hits on a, a couple areas that are, that are super important. And I will, uh, I'll let you kind of take the next one here, Greg, the second part of it. Well, going back on the this one, just to to wrap it up, it's 75% of contributions. So you put in 100,000, 75,000 tax credit. Yeah. Like this could this could get really really lucrative for employers. Um yeah. so that was the first one. The next one is uh specific for employer provided child care assistance tax credit act. Again, it's still part of SB 742. The effective date for this one is for tax year starting Jan 1, 2025. And mm-hmm. what this one does is it offers a 30% credit on qualified child care expenses by employers mm-hmm. for their employees capped at $200,000 per taxpayer annually. That is pretty badass. A lot of words. That is good. A lot yeah. of words, but pretty good. 30% credit on qualified child care expenditures. Now, when any bill says qualified child care expenditures, it's very specific and it could be very broad or it could be very narrow. And this one, it is related to child care facilities, licensed child care facilities. So the child care has to be licensed. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, friends, family, neighbor do not qualify. Nannies, babysitters do not qualify. Your licensed home daycare, your licensed centers would qualify. So, uh, some facility requirements. The yep. child care facility must be open to employees' dependents, fitting the age and care level criteria. Should be easy to 
to uh, reach. Uh, credits are non-refundable and non-transferable, but can be carried forward for six years. That's awesome. Annual cap and increment capped at 20 million annually with a possible 15% increase. So similar to the previous bill. And this one also is expected or the expires on December 31st, 2030, unless reauthorized. My guess is that when it passes, and hopefully it does, and it's not too different, except taking out that verification requirement, um, we're going to have five years of funds, fifteen, hopefully 15% more every year. It's going to be used because look at the Indiana one. Remember, Indiana opened yep. up and closed. I mean, people are going to use it. Um, and and then hopefully it gets reauthorized. But this is the kind of stuff that this exists. These funds are being put into and bills, allocated. putting into yeah. yeah, they're getting they're getting there. So this is our uh building awareness around this one. Again, this is for Missouri SB seven forty two. Watch it. It uh passed the house, it's in the Senate right now. We'll keep our eye on it as well. More thing on both of these that uh, I forgot to call out as we went through the first one, Um, but uh, tax-exempt taxpayers are also eligible for refunds. So we've run into this with the federal tax credit before, right? Like, um, you know, nonprofits, um, you know, can can benefit from this as well, right? Like if you don't have tax liabilities, you can still benefit uh, from these programs. So that's a great, like, kind of bell on it at the end of the day to really support the entire community yep now let's roll in cue the music here for number two i'm gonna i'm gonna have some editing to do after this <laughs> yeah you really are you're the drummer i'm not i don't know why i'm doing that yeah i don't know uh minnesota <laughs> six million dollar grant you want to take this one away so do- the great minnesota child care facility grants uh minnesota has been doing some interesting things uh you know the space over the past few years um and i think uh the original grant uh program was established in 2020 um and then they said no struggling to yeah they're trying to find funding they they, they, they like the concept of it but they had to find the money and so the 23 they uh received nine hundred thousand dollars from general <laughs> obligation bond funds my favorite kind of bond funds um I think. I don't know. Uh-huh. And uh, so now it's set to launch July 24. So we're coming up on it. Uh, so this is really, it's an economic development initiative by uh, Greater Minnesota. And it's looking to uh, add supply, right? So so it's not like an out and out uh, employer program we normally talk about. But, right, it's an incredible investment, <laughs> right? And it's also really focused on job retention and growth, right? So there's opportunities here, um, you know, for employers to get involved, but also to benefit uh, from these as they go. And there's two types of grants, um, depending on funding availability. Um, And so it's either by political subdivisions, or I believe it's can actually go directly to childcare providers. Um, And there's grant caps set at $500,000 per project or $2 million over two years to a single applicant within the same city or county. Uh, Funds can be used for land acquisition, facility design, construction, renovations, furnishing, equipping childcare facilities, and improvements to meet state childcare requirements. Everything is looking to increase capacity here. Now, the we were talking about this and going back and forth, like, do we include this? Because it's not a direct employer-based uh, tax credit. But, right, different state, 
different organization, right? Talking with an employer um, over the past couple of weeks, right? It is an area, it is a childcare desert. And they want to look to find ways to increase capacity. Now, they don't directly want to uh, open and run a childcare facility, but with funds like this available and awareness of them, right? They can help uh, or partner and look to 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 assist that, to direct it uh, and things here. And so I think there's a really, this is, these opportunities are really novel opportunities um, for employers, right? To, to look to increase supply in the area. Because at the end of the day, if there's not supply, right? They, yep. Even if you want to pay for expenses, how are you going to do so? I mean, we've, we've, we've run into it. We've talked about different ways to do it where there's not supply. It's a great opportunity to be able to address that um, and really benefit the community as a whole. Yep. And it says, obviously it says uh, it's in early planning stages now, but the call for proposals is expected to begin. Write this down. If you're in Minnesota, July 1st, 2024, a couple months away. This is this is this is an interesting one. Um, six million, like the the amount, is is going to be a test for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Minnesota is definitely smaller, but um, it's something. It's a start. So that, it's it's, it's going to be a really <laughs> interesting one to see how it's utilized. You know, I think uh, one of the things we're really interested in with Indiana was who's going to apply, who's going to get awarded. Right? It was very broad. You could apply as a collection of like, you know, as a nonprofit, a collection of small employers, large employers. Um, it'd be really interesting to see how this gets utilized. Um, you know, not something I think we can adequately like criticize or, or anything there is just go like, okay, it'd be really, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Yep. <laughs> now let's turn our attention to New Mexico. The I love these ones. I love the ones that have already been around right? That you kind of just needed to know about them. It's like a form (laughs) that you needed to know about, but a lot of people just didn't know that it existed. So New Mexico, it's New Mexico Corporate Child Care Credit Form CIT-3. The purpose of the form is for corporations in New Mexico claiming a tax credit for expenses related to child care services for employees' dependents. So that could be tuition, that could be help finding care. Uh, I don't think it listed out exactly all the specific requirements, but your basics of tuition and finding care are included. Eligibility, corporations operating licensed childcare facilities in New Mexico, primarily for employees' children, or those paying for childcare services during work hours can apply. And how is it calculated? For operating the childcare facility, the credit is 30% of the net operating cost capped at $30,000. Something, not not a whole lot, but it's something. Let's get 30. I mean, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think a lot of companies, small small businesses, medium-sized businesses, $30,000, a lot. Uh, for paying for child care services, same thing. Credit is 30% of total child care expenses for child care services capped at 30%. Requirements, facilities must be licensed, operate non-profitably for corporations, and serve employees' children during work hours. And if you're a manufacturing plant that's operating 24-7, that counts. That does. Uh, Credit can't exceed $30,000 or the amount of New Mexico income tax due. Unused credits can be carried forward for three years. 
how many, how many, you know, I'd be, I'd wonder how many CPAs accounting they, do they know about and how do they take advantage? <laughs> you know, I, if I was yeah. a, if I was a CPA on the other side, are, are they just saying, Hey, there's this credit, but they likely don't know how to implement it. Right. They don't, are they just telling them or are they just looking at the books? It's probably both a little bit of strategy and a little bit of, Hey, it looks like you spent money on childcare. There is a, there is a form for this. We can take advantage of it, but it's unlikely that they're paying attention to it, that they're trying to advocate for more, that they that know how to maximize it. Um, so that's why we're here. This yeah. is an easy one. It's already it already exists. It's there. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a little bit like a chicken or egg thing because today, right? Like from from what we've seen, right? People put you know programs in place, and then. You know, we talk to them, right? We have conversations. They find their own, maybe through a CPA, whatever it is. They're like, oh, there's credit available for it. That's great, right? And, and I think really like part of what we're trying to go through here, the conversations we have is like, no, no, no this exists. Like the, the ROI, right, for an organization uh, on, on assisting with childcare is massive, right? Yep. And now, right, there's, an even, there's ways to even reduce that expenditure more significantly that you may not have known were there before, right, until you go... And, and and find out about it after the fact. And so it's really to kind of try to flip that and go like, hey, like these incentives are there. Like we can put a program in place and it's already going to be partially funded right, right. before anything else. And and I think yeah. that's, you know, core to you know, why we do this and why we do the day to day. Well, uh, speaking also of ROI and impact, I had a really interesting example that I just remembered I wanted to share. Ooh. Talking with a large... Um, a food processing manufacturer. They have a ton of ton of facilities all across the U.S. This one was in a rural area of Texas. Their biggest thing, what they, um, their biggest challenge was absenteeism. And what they found was that on any given day, nine to ten percent of employees had to call out. Now there was a substantial amount related to childcare, but think about that. You have a hundred people. Nine to 10 are calling out every single day. So what happens when someone calls out? Because many people don't know this. Somebody calls out, that means they have to ask somebody else that is currently working to stay longer. Mm -hmm. And then that has downstream effects. Obviously, now that employee is working overtime. Uh, The next shift that comes in needs to know. They may need to adjust and so an example is, let's say the, you know, in, in this industry, the hourly rate's like fifteen sixty five, and they have to pay somebody overtime, which is one and a half or two times on holidays, which really, when you look at that, and then you, if you know your daily absenteeism rate, this was costing just this plant $2,400 a day, yeah. 72000 a month, just in absenteeism. So that's a that's a very easy way to do this calculation for companies that are like, well, how do I calculate this? You can look at the percent of employees that call in per shift. You then figure right. out hourly rates. What is your multiple for overtime? And you're going to be able to get a daily, weekly, monthly, annual cost of what this costs if somebody is absent. Absent, but then also absent for childcare or the reason is childcare. Yep. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. This is our shortest episode. We're coming up on about 24 minutes. So let oh, us wow. cue. We're efficient the, today. 
let us cue the music here. Everybody have a great uh, Friday. Today's Friday. Nice. Hey, you know, before actually, I'm going to cut the music out. Uh, cut, what right. uh, record scratch? Record scratch. <laughs> I'll have to put a record scratch in. What What are your plans for this weekend, Doug? Um, I I don't have any plans for this weekend, and I'm so excited for that. It's been, yeah. it's been a busy it's been a busy couple of weeks. I got uh my elder boy's got a soccer game tonight, so taking him out to that, and then uh, it's it's there hanging with the kids this weekend and no, and no agenda. So I love that. <laughs> what a what do you have? You have I mean, since we last did an episode, as the puppy, there's a puppy now. We do have a puppy. My wife and I celebrated our anniversary yesterday. We got that. married on on the leap day four years ago. Uh, so it's our first anniversary, but we are going to, uh, rent, um, there are those little boats. They're called Duffy's. Have you heard about hey. these? A little, a little, it's like a little boat. It's like an electronic boat. It's called a Duffy. Yeah, After yeah. that, we're going to go to a diner called Darien Diner. And then I don't know. That's probably it. Probably going to sit on the couch, maybe watch some reality TV. <laughs> And with that, that is the outro. Cue the music. Have a happy Friday. Thank you, Doug, as always. And that is the episode. See ya.